Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today, alongside Laura and Arielle, we are sitting down with Erin Blevins. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today's show. I know I've been saying that every week, but we have had an absolute heater of a lineup lately, listeners, and this falls right in line with how epic everyone else has been and all of the people to come. Today, we are chatting with Aaron about so many rad things, from chefing for Henry Cavill to being cast as an Amazonian in the Justice League films. This girl is an absolute stud. We also dive into her upcoming book that's all centered around female psychology and sports. So you know that my little hippie psychology heart cannot wait to get my hands on that book. And in the meantime, I actually just picked up her other book, which is all about the carnivore diet, which I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try it. 30 days. Why not? Would love to hear if you guys want to do it with me. If you do, reach out on social. Let me know you're down. Get your hands on Erin's book. Sign up for a pre-order when that's ready for her upcoming book because you will be so, so psyched. If you haven't already, please go ahead and leave the show a five-star rating and review so we can keep getting guests like Erin on the show. And while you're in the app store, go ahead, download the NC Fit app. Okay, this app, I know I might be a little biased because where I work and I'm on it and whatever, but holy smokes, you guys, it is changing the game for functional fitness apps. You want to get your hands on it. Whether you're training in the gym, you've got training partners, you're at home, you're in the garage, you're in a hotel, you're on the go. We've got you covered for all of those workouts. So go ahead download it. You get seven free days just to try it out. I know you'll be hooked after seven days. So give it a try. Until next week, you guys, enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another Women Make Waves episode. We're super, super psyched to have Erin Blevins in the house from what she has done from celebrity chefing to training to a new book coming out. We have so many exciting things to talk to her about, and I couldn't be more stoked to have her on the show. So Erin, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it, I'm, I've been super, super fired up for this episode. Um, I wanted to ask you the question we ask every guest as we kick off. How are you making waves? Um, well, right now I just, uh, just published and put out my first book on carnivore diet. Um, it came out February, so that's really exciting. And I'm working on my second book, which I haven't announced anything about publicly yet, but it is going to be about females and strength and, and psychology around sport and training. And I'm so excited about that one. It like gives me goosebumps just to talk about because you know, going through the history of women in, in sports, like there's, there's a lot there, but it's so new, you know, we're just, we're just barely getting to a place where we can be strong and feel really good about it. So that's my new upcoming project. And I'm, I'm super stoked about that. And I have some really fun people that I'm partnering up with on that one. That is one thing that I've noticed, um, because that's a very similar story to how I came about in fitness and in CrossFit was, you know, like I was looking for information about how to get stronger and how to get fitter. And there was none of that information out there when I was coming into CrossFit, especially like it was a lot of, I would probably say outdated information around, you know, how to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it was, like how to get toned. And none mm -hmm. of it resonated with me because I was like, well, I don't really want to lose weight. I want to get stronger. I see all of these really strong guys in the gym and I want to be able to keep up. So I'm curious to know kind of where your um, inspiration came from for this book. Well, I feel like I'm <clears throat> the more and more I research like women in history, I get more inspired every day. Um, but I guess I can start kind of with my own personal journey. I, I started in running. Um, so I ran competitive path marathon for, uh, I, I ran for fun for about five years and then I raced competitively for about three years and um, took a couple first places, lots of podiums. Um, I had a really fast half marathon. My fastest was 124, which is fairly quick half marathon, 123.24. So 
Um, and then after that race, um, I realized I didn't want to run anymore. I was really, really small. Um, I'm 5'8", which a lot of people don't know. I'm actually pretty tall and long and like lurpy looking. Um, my husband's a great photographer, so he always makes me look really buff, but I'm, I'm actually really skinny. <clears throat> and at 5'8", my race weight was about 118 pounds. And I remember walking into a room and just feeling like, wow, I'm such a bold personality my physique doesn't represent that. Like I feel so small and like, you know, people would comment like, Oh, you have a runner's body and do you have an eating disorder? And I'm like, actually, no, I'm just really fast and really good at my sport. And so, you know, that wasn't the reason why I quit running, but I, I think that the time had actually passed and, and I was done with that sport. Um, but I really wanted, I, I was fascinated with capability. You know, I, I liked being small and strong. And, um, the more and more I lifted weights, I got really into Olympic lifting and like, I just felt so powerful when I, when I learned how to clean and snatch and, um, funny enough, I, I started, um, not CrossFit, but I started functional training at Jim Jones, which is like a very elite gym. That's where I met my husband and our current business partner, Mark Dwight. He's the original owner of Jim Jones. And, um, it was really cool because I got deep into the psychology of fitness and just like engulfed in this new culture of like strength and capability. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what you look like as long as you can be strong. And I'm like, oh, I want to be all the guys. And, um, I just became obsessed with that. And I think, you know, I I've been training, uh, then obviously I got into CrossFit. So I've been training similar to CrossFit style for, um, about a decade now. And I think that, um, going through the process of becoming strong and competing, it's just, it's such a fun place to be. Like, I feel, I feel like what I've learned through competition and, and this process of like reinventing, not just my physique, but who I am inside, I feel like that just converts over into life and like how strong I can be in life and, you know, how much I can get done and, and a lot of people don't know this, but I have a daughter who's 12, you know, what kind of example can I be to her? And so that's kind of how I got started in, in the fitness world and on my own personal journey. And I think that that's why I'm so excited to write this book because, you know, like you, so many, I think a lot of people are lost or, you know, the six week ab challenge doesn't resonate with them. And I think it's really cool to give women capabilities, like actual strength goals and like, look what your body can actually do. Like, it's so cool. So yeah, that that's kind of where I started in my whole journey. What were some of the changes that you noticed? Because obviously you see huge physical changes, but you mentioned that your interior world was starting to match the exterior. What was that shift like and what did you notice? Um, gosh, there's been so many things. <laughs> well, I went, I went through a really hard divorce, um, with my daughter's dad and just being able to like go to court and speak eloquently and like from my heart with courage, you know, I, uh, most of my legal papers I wrote myself and, you know, I went into that process like, man, I don't want to rip this person apart. Like he was my friend at one point and you know, I really want to go into this and, and represent myself and my daughter in a really, a really um, clear way where, you know, I'm not breaking anyone down. And that was really scary. Like, that's terrifying. I was, you know, 20, not even 24 yet. And so I walked into a courtroom and I represented myself and I was able to talk about what I wanted um, and what I needed in a way that I don't think I would have been able to talk about without being in the position where I had to overcome tough challenges. Um, and then later, you know, my husband and I opened this business and um, we own a small gym and, you know, we've worked with actors. We've done all of these cool things that are scary. You know, every job I walk into, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this, but you do it, you know, and you do it with confidence and courage. And I, I think that putting myself into positions where 
I train and I prepare myself for a hard obstacle like a competition. I think that that's really powerful to go. I mean, even if you win or lose, you're still getting so much like inner strength from that process. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to go through the same hard things without that little piece of, of my life that I've been able to experience. I think that we get a little bit lost in that sometimes, like we're, we get so wrapped up um, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself and that's totally fine, but, but we get pretty wrapped up in comparing where we are right now to where other people are. And we forget about how, how much change has already occurred for us, you know, like how strong you already are because you've gone through these insane experiences whether it's in the gym or out of the gym and it's so cool to see how it transferred so beautifully for you from fitness into your life and um how cool is it that you now get to do that for women preparing for roles in movies where they should be you know like portraying strong women so how did you get into training women for these roles and what is your favorite part about it? So actually I'll have to say my, my husband and my business partner do most of the training for, um, for actors and I, I accompany them. I'm actually a chef. So I go in and I prepare nutrition and, um, actually cook for actors, which is really, really cool. So we complement each other in that way. So Mark Twight, um, he's our business partner and he's, um, he hates, I, I don't know if he loves being known for this, but he's, he's also an amazing athlete and alpinist and he trains military and he's, he's done some really incredible projects, but a lot of people know him for his work on 300. So he trained all the guys from 300, got them really fit. And then my husband came in and, and accompanied him on the second 300. And then they continued to do some other, other roles, um, like Wonder Woman and working with, um, all of the Amazonians on Wonder Woman, which was really cool um, and really cool to watch. So I started, I started coaching, um, but then I dove into the nutrition world. So um, I don't want to discredit some of my female clients that I've worked with in the past and, you know, I've gotten ready for races and competition. But as far as the movie world goes, um, I chefed for Henry Cavill, but it, it, for, with the training aspect, um, I don't want to take credit away from my husband and Mark, but it was really cool to watch these women. You know, uh, they casted for Wonder Woman, which was really cool. Zack Snyder, um, the producer of, of Wonder Woman and Justice League, he wanted to go and obviously capture like very strong women. So he actually went to CrossFit Games and was like, okay, I want Brooke Entz. Like I want women with real capabilities to come on and like be able to move well and be able to like lift things. And so we had a good mix of athletes, like actual athletes on set. And then like fashion models that were just hired, you know, they looked amazing. And Mark's plan for that was, okay, I'm going to take these women through this transformation. And it was really cool over the eight or nine months to watch them be like, very skinny, you know, fashion models to these like very confident, capable females with like muscle and they could move in the gym. It was so fun to watch. I loved it. So, and some of these women got into stunts, you know, and they're doing, you know, stunts and a little bit more athletic work now, which is really cool. Cool for me to see. So. That is such a cool dichotomy because I think as women and especially as coaches, I've heard a million times from women like, oh yeah, like CrossFit looks cool, but I don't want to get bulky or like, I want to yeah. be lean, right? That quote unquote, I want to be lean. Um, what was that? Cause I think I know I have my preconceived notion of what fashion model world must be like, but what was it like to mm -hmm. see these like very traditionally feminine, skinny, quote unquote, skinny <laughs> women start moving into that like capable, more muscular fit kind of look did you see mm -hmm. anything different with their personalities or how they interacted absolutely and you know so when we filmed justice league we actually filmed in london so we were at the warner brothers studio in london and this wasn't really interesting for me to see as well um 
my husband and I moved to London to the beginning of 2016 and um, walking around the city as like a somewhat fit looking female. Again, I'm really tall, so I, I'm really not as muscular as I probably appear on social media, <clears throat> but people looked at me really different. And I didn't realize that um, Europe was a little bit behind at the time. Like it wasn't as socially acceptable to be muscular as a female as it is in the US. And I like that never connected with me. Like it was really weird. Like I would walk down the street and people would look at me like I was a crazy person. And um, it felt really lonely there for me. I'm like, oh man, I'm not going to have any friends here. Nobody does what I do. And eventually I got, uh, we rented some space um, to train one of our clients, Henry Cavill, out of in London. So he could kind of have a, a studio gym and then away from studio gym. And I met some fit girls there, but it, is, it was so different from the U.S. And so that was really interesting for me to see, like, they were just kind of um, transitioning into, like, it's acceptable for women to be really strong and lift weights and have a muscular physique. And so some of these actors were, you know, British actors or coming from Europe. And so it was, I think it was even harder for them to recognize like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have some biceps. I might have little shoulder caps. And uh, they were definitely hesitant at first. Obviously it's their job. Even, even Gal Gadot, um, the gal that played Wonder Woman. um, Again, she comes from high fashion. She's, she's very tall and lean and thin. And that's how she broke into acting was, her fashion career and she's like oh man I don't want to get I don't want to get too bulky you know and so it was really interesting to watch but it was really cool to see like five months in how everyone changed and I think that you know obviously as they go through the process and they're like okay I can stay lean and not gain a bunch of fat and look like you know monstrosity I, I can have a physique that matches my structure I think that people were a little bit more on board. Um, and I think that people forget that, you know, they see photos of these women that are just so muscular and it's not an accident, you know, women who want to be very muscular, they're muscular because it took them a very long time to get that way. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're jacked out of your mind, you know? <laughs> so I used to tell they, girls that all the time. Cause they're like, yeah. I don't want to get bulky. And I was like, girlfriend, if you can come, to the, the gym one hour a day and look like that games athlete, you're a genetic, like crazy person because no one does that yeah. in one hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for me, you know, being 118 pounds, I wanted to gain weight and I thought it would be impossible to weigh even 130 pounds. Now I weigh 140, uh, 137, 140. And it took me, it took me a little bit longer than 10 years of like diligently eating and training sometimes three hours a day today Friday is my long day I'll train three hours today and so I think that if if people go into this process and they think that they're going to get big they better have a huge chunk of time to dedicate to nutrition and training you know but for everyone else out there that doesn't know (laughs) it takes a lot of work (laughs) How hands-on were you in those conversations with those, as you mentioned, actresses or models who did have that uncertainty? And how did you how did you guide them? And kind of what was that conversation like? Because that's not an easy fear to come over, especially if it's part of your job to look a different way. You know, I think the I think the cool thing, and I'm not sure if this was pre-planned or not, but we had some girls walk on the set that were already very lean and muscular and they looked fantastic. And, you know, they were long and lean because that was kind of the look that um, the Amazonians were long and lean, you know, in the comic book, they had long arms, long legs. And so we casted, well, not me, but Zack Snyder casted some of these females that were already, you know, part of that look. And so I think that that made it a little bit easier for some of these women to say, okay, like I'm okay looking like this, but I'm not okay looking like that. Um, And me, for example, like I, I was casted as an Amazonian and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't planned at all. I just happened to be working out in the gym and they're like, Hey, we need you like go to costuming. And so I was actually an Amazonian in, in justice league and Snyder cut. And 
I just was carrying around my physique that I was competing with, you know, in CrossFit. And so, yeah, I think, I think they were kind of there and they had to be there. So there wasn't a lot of discussion from me, but I think being a good example of like, okay, I'm very feminine. You know, I have muscle, I train. um, I love to lift heavy weights. Like, let me show you how to do this as an example. Like I'll be your example so that this process isn't so scary. So I think that speaks so much wonder to the power of community and the power of having supportive women around you because, you know, like you said, like they came in and they had examples of women that um, maybe they, because of their frame would more likely look like if they did prioritize lifting weights and prioritize getting stronger for these roles. And that example is something I think we all, you know, strive to be, especially um, also keeping in account, you know, you have your daughter too. Like that's such an amazing example that you get to set for her. I'm curious to know, you know, like what are some things that you're hoping to pass on to her um, as the example? Uh, Well, it was really cool. She actually, um, she worked on set with me. And so she was, she was eight, almost nine when we were in London. And so she got like a full set pass to Warner Brothers, which was really cool. She just rode her little scooter around and hung out with Jason Momoa's kids. And like, she'll never know how cool that experience was. Um, But I think her coming over and I, I don't think she was starstruck at all. Although she did get to talk with Wonder Woman a lot. You know, she sat in she sat in a chair next to Wonder Woman as she was getting ready for, you know, individual scenes. It was really cool. Um, but I think the the coolest thing out of that experience for her was she got to come and see me compete, you know, and like see me win events. And I think that that was really powerful for her. Like it, there was a weird trust that happened that year. Like, okay, my mom is really strong. Like, she's got my back. (laughs) And that's, I think that that's really cool. I mean, I see moms bring their kids to train all the time. And I think it's a rad example, like keep bringing your kids. Hopefully she, hopefully I'm not turning her off to fitness. Um, (laughs) We'll see. It's like a whole new uh, bring your child to work day, but like 10 times extreme. (laughs) I know she's, she's actually a good little assistant for me. She loves to cook. And so, you know, I can give her a list at the grocery store and just be like, Hey, go get these things. She helps me in the kitchen. She's got her own set of knives. Like I'm, she'll be a very talented chef if she continues. (laughs) So that's cool too. Heck yeah. What, (laughs) um, what brought chefing into it for you? What was the nutrition kind of inspiration? So, um, my dad is a very talented chef, um, and I grew up with him owning restaurants. And so I basically cooked alongside him and learned from him growing up, um, ever since I was about eight. So he lived in Salt Lake, owned a couple restaurants. Um, and then he moved to, um, Oregon and owns a couple of restaurants out there. And he was just always so into like no GMOs, everything has to be organic, locally grown. Like those things were kind of instilled in me from a very young age. Plus he's so dynamic. Like he loves culture and, you know, at eight years old, I'm like, okay, my favorite food is anything Vietnamese. And he just had like so many different friends and, you know, he was always making like Vietnamese Mexican fusion. And so I think I think the culture aspect was really cool for me. Like I became really fascinated with that as a young girl. Um, And then growing up and getting into running, I became a little bit more fascinated with um, how food can make you go, you know, what, what will make me faster? What will make me recover? What will make me look amazing and feel amazing and sleep better? And so I started to manipulate food and macronutrients in a way that I could get different results, you know, with me and my clients. So it was kind of like a weird control freak thing that I got into. Um, But in the end, it kind of served me as a better chef. So yeah, putting it together on, on a big scale for Henry Cavill 
um, I was in charge of his, well, my husband and I were in charge of his full Superman transformation um, on Justice League. So my husband had worked with him in the past. He's been working with him since Man of Steel um, and used different chefs in the area. I don't know why. We didn't really think about using me as a chef until Justice League. And he was just so dialed in. But it was really stressful and scary uh, going into that because, you know, you guys have probably um, tracked your calories and your macros before in the past, I'm sure. Um, I had to track and be so on point that if something was wrong, like we sat in costuming every Friday and if something was off, like one little ab was out of place on this costume, like costuming had to go in and re redo a suit, a Superman suit. And so it was very, very dialed in on a level that like no one should ever have to experience for themselves. So yeah, it's, it's been a cool process to go from like, loving food and culture to like putting it all together for someone on, on a blockbuster film. Absolutely. And I know yeah. that your, your first book that came out mm-hmm. in February was all surrounding the carnivore diet. Um, is that something that you implement in this or what was it that inspired <laughs> you to get so involved with carnivore? Um, I'm glad you asked that. So I actually wasn't on board whatsoever. I've, I've done the paleo thing. Um, but coming from the CrossFit world, I'm like carbs, carbs, carbs all the time. Um, I was a little bit less when I was running because I, um, at the time, I don't know if I'd do it any different if I ran again, but I was, I trained mostly on high fats. Um, my carbs were fairly low when I was running and that worked at the time. But going into CrossFit, like my carbohydrates were really high. Um, and so it was an interesting transition into carnivore diet and I'll kind of, I'll briefly go through how this happened. So, um, we had a, a girl named Vivica. She's actually my co-author on this, on this book. Um, she gave me a podcast with my husband and she said, Oh, I've got this book. I've got to write. She comes from the, the ketogenic world. So she's a published author for a couple different keto books and she's podcasting, talking to my husband about you know, having this big project, but not feeling um, inspired to get started. And my husband said, you know, you should have Aaron help you. And it was, it kind of put me on the spot, like, man, I really don't want to do this, this project. You know, I, I don't know if I want my first book to be carnivore, like that's such a niche. And I just don't know how I feel about it. And so it took me a long time to get started. And I'm like, okay, now I know why this is taking you so long to get started. And I ended up with a really gnarly injury. It's been almost a year now. And um, I, I basically was running outside of my gym and I jumped onto the, off the sidewalk into the street and I rolled my foot into a, a pothole. Yeah, it was so bad and so stupid. Like, I can't believe that I did that. And I tore all the ligaments in the top of my foot, wrapping around up my, up my soleus and underneath my shin. It was so bad. And it's, just starting to heal now. So it's taken about a year. And so when that happened, I knew like, okay, this is the time to implement this diet. Um, I'm not going to be training as hard, obviously lifting as much like CrossFit's out. The pandemic has shut all competitions down. And so I think this is a good time to like give it a fair chance. And, you know, I, I knew that I had to do the diet to be able to write about the diet. And Uh, it just worked so perfectly. Like my husband and I were like, okay, we'll we'll do it for one month. And after that, we'll just go back to eating the way that we were eating. And we like never stopped the diet. It was really interesting. We just loved it. Like we felt pretty good. And I'll tell you kind of the things that I troubleshot later. Um, We felt really good. We had good energy. We're sleeping well. My blood work was like very balanced. Um, And that could have been a lot. It could have had a lot to do with like discontinuing CrossFit at the level that I was training. Um, But hormonal profiles were really balanced. Um, I hadn't had my period for four years. My period came back. So I'm like, okay, there's something to this. And my digestion felt really good. Like I didn't have to take enzymes all the time. Um, And my skin was amazing. My, (laughs) like my hair looked really good. So 
all of these benefits started to happen. And, you know, as my ankle started to heal and I started to get back into training, um, a couple of things that I, I answer questions about all day long is training on carnivore diet. And so I did start adding back in like fruit and honey and I've added a few things like, uh, like caprese salad. I'll have like something like that with tomatoes and mozzarella. Um, I've added back in like very minimal things like parsley. If I make meatballs, I'll chop up some parsley and throw it in. But for the most part, I've, we've stayed pretty meat based. Um, and so it, it was kind of a weird way that, that that started. And, you know, again, I'm super grateful that Vivica gave me the opportunity to co-write a book with her because she's super, she's really, really smart. Um, but I, I didn't want to really be like the carnivore chef or the carnivore author. And so I do want to continue to write information about nutrition and, you know, some of the reasons why carnivore is very beneficial and some of the other ways of eating that aren't so toxic. Cause I think there are a lot of foods out there that we eat that we think are great and they're not so great. So yeah, that's, that's how the carnivore diet came about. And, um, I love it. And there's more out there. Obviously nutrition is constantly changing. I don't want to just only, you know, do carnivore forever and ever, but I think I'll continue with most of the guidelines of a carnivore diet diet or meat-based diet. I appreciate your candidness of, you know, saying that, A, you weren't really like trying to do this in the first place. It just kind of like Mm -hmm. fell into working for you. And also that, you know, you have introduced other things because there's not one right way to do it. Right. And I think that is where people get a little bit stuck is Mm -hmm. we feel like, okay, well, if I'm going to try the carnivore diet, then it has to look this specific way. And I just love how flexible you're kind of making that process. Like if you feel like you might have any kind of underlying health conditions or anything like that, where maybe you think carnivore would benefit you, like, hey, here's a way that Mm -hmm. you could do it, but it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. So that's super cool, you know, that you're sharing in that way. Yeah, you know, I, even if people try it for like a very short amount of time, um, and I have a full nutrition clientele and, um, I've been working as a nutritionist for, for quite some time now. And some of the main things that pretty much everyone comes to me with is digestion, sleep, energy levels. And yeah, and, and myself included, you know, I think everyone struggles at some point. And if you're in the fitness world or you're working out, like, dehydration and water levels like that's such a big thing and such a small thing that we can do to um benefit ourselves on like a daily basis like it's so easy just to hydrate um but the carnivore diet is really really beneficial for healing your gut and your gut lining so you know you take out that that one thing that could be so beneficial in your life like um chronic chronic digestion issues can lead to like depression and moodiness and PMS and, you know, feeling bloated, like carnivore diet. One of the main things that I noticed with carnivore diet within like the first week is no bloating. Like I would eat so much food, no bloating. It was so strange. And it continued like that for, you know, the, the four to six months that I was super, super strict on carnivore. And that was probably the one thing that sold me. Um, and then the mood, like meat has a ton of CoQ10 and, you know, it has all of these mood elevating things, especially if you start adding organ meat, um, that actually, you know, elevate your mood. Like people get pulled out of deep depression from changing the way that they eat, you know, or PTSD, just change the way that you eat and the way that your digestion works. And, see if you can affect your day to day without medication. So that kind of stuff is huge. And I didn't really realize that that would affect so many people when I wrote this book originally. So it's been kind of cool to hear some of the stories that have come back. So I'm, I'm super, super grateful for that. It's so interesting how much your first book plays a role in this upcoming book. Because when we start thinking about the psychology of sport and women in sport and how much 
food, psychology, you know, your, your circles, your social circles that you're in, your biology, all of these things play a role. So what have you found within that system that is so carrying over to this new book that you're writing, having been in the world that you're in? Well, I, I do deal with a lot of women and men, um, but a lot of women who suffer or have suffered with eating disorders and, you know, even on very scary, like deep levels of, of eating disorders. And once you dig into an eating disorder, you find there's so much more involved, you know, things that happened in the past where now you can manipulate it through food and you're punishing yourself in this way. Um, or you feel like you're not good enough to eat. It's, it's really, really sad. And I, I can't say that I haven't experienced it to some extent. Um, but I feel lucky that I love fitness and moving my body that it kind of balances out a little bit. Um, but seeing some clients who are asking so much of their body, but not giving it the fuel to run is, is really sad and really hard. And I think, I think a lot of people struggle with it. Um, and it's been fun implementing some carnivore diet guidelines because there's so much food there, you know, fill yourself up on protein. And even if you're eating some of the other stuff as well, like fat and carbs, you're going to be so full on protein that you're not going to be able to binge eat or do some of these other psychological disorders that come along with an eating disorder. Um, so it's been fun to kind of implement some stuff uh, from my past book. Um, and diving into this next book, I think I want to get away from physique, although the underlining is how can you change your physique? Um, and really Rapunna looks so good, but I want to have, you know, I want to have six pack abs. I want to look good in my bikini, but I don't think people realize that they can have that nonchalantly if they love fitness, you know, love fitness, love capability, um, find a process for getting to your goals. And I think that that's the direction that we really want to express in this next upcoming book um, is, you know, strength first, love, love training with your friends. You know, you, most people aren't a professional athlete. They don't have to crush themselves in the gym and feel bad about their, their time or their clean that they missed, you know, just go and have fun and move and go for walks, go walk your dog and the, the physique will come. You know, and I think that that's such a more positive way of coming about it. And it took me a long time to get there. You know, like I'm 37 now and now I feel good about my body and I'm, and I know that I'm strong and I know that if I get an injury that I'll bounce back and I'll be able to get strong again if that's what I want. And I, I really, really want to pass that along to some of these newer athletes or women that are just coming into sport and fitness so that they can be set up for a healthier mentality along the way. You know, they don't get stuck in these loops. That is such a powerful, you know, goal, right? To be able to pass that on because I think it's so true. Like we, and I can only speak from my personal experience, but you know, like we get so wrapped up in wanting to change something because it comes back to that, you know, comparison of like, well, I want to look like that. So that means that I have to change something about myself, but why can't we get back mm -hmm. to celebrating? Like, why can't we celebrate the fact that, you know, I can do something I couldn't do maybe yesterday or something I couldn't do a year ago that I love that idea of that shift going from a place of lack and a place of scarcity to that place of abundance of you know, Hey, this is like all of the things that I can do. And that's so incredibly empowering to be in that space. Yeah. You know, I really encourage women and men to go and compete because I'm sure you guys have seen like people slay themselves in the gym. And I think everyone kind of gives themselves a hard time about, about it in some sense or another. And it wasn't until I competed or started to race where I, you know, I, I started getting to the point where I'm like, wow, I'm actually a lot stronger and fitter than I thought I was, you know, and this is what's proving it. You know, now I have a number, I have a score. It's not just what I think and feel on the day. Um, it's me in a competition against other people. And I know that sounds really barbaric in some sense, but it's, 
it's real. You know, if you feel like you're lacking somewhere, go sign up for the open, sign up for the CrossFit open, sign up for a qualifier and see where you place because you might surprise yourself. And if you're failing somewhere, then go home and work on it. Now you have the things that you know you need to work on instead of just, I have to work on everything every day for three hours. You know, it's just not realistic unless you are a professional athlete. So um, I did, I did French throwdown um, the last year before quarantine hit. So 2019 and our team did okay. Um, we went, we went team. It was 114 degrees in France. It was during the France heat wave and it was like, 96% humidity. It was really bad. Everyone was just, I, I'm surprised someone didn't just pass out. It was really, really hot. And, you know, I, I teamed up with this girl named Georgina Andrews from Australia. I teamed up with her quite a bit and met her in, in Europe and we started competing together and she's just so strong. Um, and we went into that knowing that we were fairly strong. And so you know, any lifting thing, we we're going to blow everyone away. We just knew it. And we showed up to the event and there was only one lifting event and it was okay. We, we still did okay. You know, but the one thing that I failed on was handstand walks, like the dumbest thing, like a little skill work thing just set us so far behind. And I'm like, okay, now I know I can go home and work on handstand walks. Like uh, gymnastics is easy enough to throw in on a warm up, but I don't think it would have been so glaring if I wouldn't have done that competition and been a little bit embarrassed about it. How so. did you reframe that like failure to an area that you could find room to improve or incentive instead of kind of getting stuck in that like victim mentality? Yeah, well, it was really tough because <laughs> going into that event, um, Actually, this poor girl who we were competing alongside basically all day, um, or the second day into the competition where everyone's just hot and cranky, she walked behind me and I kicked into a handstand and I kicked her in the side of the face and she like had a flash knockout and she had a black eye. And like all day I was just staring at her cheek like, I can't believe I did this to this poor girl. And I think that that was one of the reasons why I, like I just couldn't do that event. I felt so bad. And like, to be honest, I kicked her so hard. My leg was like, I was limping. Um, and so that was, that was one part of it. But the other part of it was, I just, I hadn't practiced handstand walks. It, it's like my one weakness in CrossFit and it's not anymore, but, um, my team was really mad. Like the guys were pretty upset about that like being the one thing that I couldn't do they're like how can you do this but you can't do this one thing like everyone learns this the first day of CrossFit I'm like oh my gosh and so I didn't want to I didn't want to have holes you know I didn't want to be so good at some things and and not even be able to do other things like I'd rather just be kind of like mediocre across the board and so I went home and I just I practiced it and it's really cool having these two girls here from France because they're both phenomenal at gymnastics and so you know we we practice they kind of like call me out on needing to work on certain things and it's like all right let's spend an hour doing this or a half an hour doing this for a warm-up so um I think just swallowing your ego and doing it which I haven't always been able to do which is why I do have big holes in my fitness but you know I don't want to be the one that's letting my team down so I really appreciate what you're saying about, um, and it kind of goes back to what you hit on um, a few moments ago about rephrasing your women's approach and men's approach to exercise instead of, you know, changing something about your body to show up in competition to see what your body can do. Um, and competition is a really unique way to do that. Like just what you're saying now, not shifting the focus from I want to lose X pounds to I want to get better at my handstand walks. So I'm just wondering, you know, how will your new book um, kind of encapsulate and communicate that to, to everybody? And um, how do you also communicate that through nutrition? Oh. <laughs> <It's loaded>. well, <laughs> well, the book, it, it, we're trying to decide if we have so much content. Um, and the cool thing is, is my whole building is full of professional photographers. And so the more photos we take, the more, it seems like the more content we get, you know, we just, 
we've just shot the whole like weightlifting and Olympic lifting set of photos. And the interesting thing that we found was a lot of, a lot of the cool stuff about weightlifting is the behind the scenes stuff, like how you can encourage someone else. Um, weightlifting is an interesting sport because there's not a lot of communication between the athletes. You know, it's not like CrossFit where everyone is like chit chatting between the heats. You know, there's so many different events. So you kind of don't get that behind the scenes, um, like relationship building like you do in CrossFit. Um, and so I, I think one of the things that I want to explain is like, how can you go into a sport with an ally and how can you set up so that you're strong enough to go alone? Um, and I, I think that is a cool strategy. You know, there's, there's benefits in both. And I think that some, some of the clients that I've had in the past and some of the conversations that I've had in the past where people are just so bored with their workouts and, you know, how could I possibly do this if I can't even handle going to the gym? It's so boring. Um, finding something that works for somebody is, is a gateway to anything else. You know, you have, even if it's bar ballet, like just go, if it's fun and you like the music, just go, because that's going to lead to something else and something that you really want to do in the future. And so I want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about, you know, different mindsets within any sport, which is, you know, you don't have to be a cheerleader, but encouraging other people and aligning yourself with strong people that are potentially better than you so that you can get better and having something to bring to the table so that you can help push other people. That's huge. Um, when I prepare for an event, like I know I'm going to go to this class because this guy's a better runner than me. And I know I'm going to train over here with, with this girl, Nikki Carlin that, that I compete with because I mean, I don't want to quote this wrong, but I think she was the first female in CrossFit to snatch 200 pounds in competition. Like, I want to work out with her. You know, she's going to help me get stronger. So, you know, some of the strategies that I think people um, forget about, or it's not there because they're so focused on the end result that they forget that all of these things are uh, just a part of loving the journey. Um, we we might break the book up in several sections because there's a lot to talk about. And I really want nutrition to be huge because, you know, as you get into nu nutrition, you have to break down the psychology of food. Like I can give someone a macro profile and it's like, okay, do this macro profile. And no matter what, if you follow this, you're going to lose two pounds a week or you're going to gain a pound every 10 days. You know, it's a math equation. Um, but if you're not strong enough mentally to uh, control your food and what you're eating and how food plays into your day, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what macro profile I give you. It doesn't matter. That math equation no longer matters if you're a binge eater and you can't stand, you know, talking on the phone to your aunt, you know, like none of that matters. So getting, um, getting some emotional, or maybe I should say getting away from the emotional side of food um, is huge. And then also giving people resources. Like when I chefed for Henry, um, I remember when we got closer to his shirtless scene, he said, okay, I'm, you know, I look good. I feel good. But like, when are we going to start the diet? I'm like, hello, you've been on the diet. Like I've been tracking your calories this whole time. And you just don't notice because I can fluff up your plate of food with food volume where you don't notice. And you know, that's how nutrition should be. Like you shouldn't notice these huge swings that are happening in, in nutrition that could potentially, you know, crush your psychology around food and how you feel. Um, so, you know, I, I really want this book to be a different approach from, you know, some of the books that I've seen out there or some of the men's health and women's health articles where they're giving rep schemes. Like, okay, it works, but there's so much more involved. And like, th those are the things that we want to touch on, you know, a building community, like you mentioned before, um, and giving strategy for how to do things. And, and then, you know, I really want to go into nutrition for energy systems, because that's like a whole nother section. Um, nutrition is so different for runners, and so different for CrossFit athletes, and so different for, you know, guys in the military that need to go on these long rucks. Um, 
or women in the military that go on these long rucks. And so I think the whole book will be diving deep into um, systems, like uh, proper systems for getting from point A to point B with the psychology to match. Oh, you are speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was very long-winded. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Um, if people want to get their hands on your first book, if they're getting psyched to now get their hands on the second book, they want to follow you, connect with you, how do people get involved? So my book is available on Amazon, or you can just Google it. So this is what the cover looks like, um, the Essential uh, Carnivore Diet Cookbook. Um, it's, it's easy on Amazon, um, and I know that they're shipping out quicker than other places, but Barnes & Noble, Target, um, and also it's on my Instagram. My Instagram is Shut Up Eat, and then I started, recently I started a new little Instagram just for my recipes and some more nutritional information, and it's just Shut Up Eats. So I've got some recipes and some information there. Um, and then I actually wrote a little companion to go with my carnivore book because so many people that follow me do train and they want to, you know, take advantage of the carnivore diet, but also, like I mentioned, adding in some super simple carbs. And so my companion is just uh, a little meal plan, like how to, how to time food around your training. And that's on my Instagram page as well. It's also on my website, shutupwork.com. You can buy my book through my website too. So yeah, and I, I try to be really good about answering questions. Um, on my Instagram page, it's a little bit easier for me to answer questions there than it is through my website, but both places are great. Um, and then I have, you know, some other products that I love like ancestral supplements, which are organ organ meat supplements um which i just love um I, I don't love eating organ meat it's not my jam and so i you know i just take a supplement and it's awesome and i feel really good um so yeah those are the places to get a hold of me um every once in a while i'm on my husband's website nonprofit.media um pop into their podcast sometimes which is usually way over my head they talk about really scientific stuff which is cool you know if you're into that it's cool but sometimes I just end up like going farther into the corner without talking <laughs> I crawl out the door just kidding Belly so yeah crawl. that's yeah exactly that's that's where you can find me <laughs> awesome Erin thank you so much for being here I loved every minute of this conversation I know I can speak for the girls here that they did too so thank you so uh, much yeah, thank you guys for having me. Awesome.